0: You're listening to Selling the Dream. This isn't an interview, and we're not journalists. But each week, we'll ask our guests to open up and share their secrets to business success. Let's have a conversation and have some fun. All right, hello everybody. Um, Welcome to our podcast where we talk about sales, motivation, and success. We like to have a lot of fun, some laughs. Rules here, as always are, tell the truth, be sincere, but don't take yourself too seriously. And of course, as always, speaking of not taking anything too seriously, I want to introduce our other host with the most, Joe Iredell. What's up, Joe? What's up, Kenny? How's it going, brother? How's your
1: week? It's good, man. It's good. I uh, purchased a new vehicle yesterday. That is a... What'd you get? I got a Subaru Ascent. A
0: Subaru? Yeah. A Subaru. A Subaru. Yeah. We needed... Yeah. So none of our vehicles... Does it come with Birkenstocks or is that... Do you have to buy them separately?
1: It's it's a whole
0: it's a whole new company, man. It's not the. It's is not it, the you I I heard you could keep your granola in the dash, like in the glove compartment. It's not and your it father's fresh. So, is that true?
1: I it could I don't be. I do no, no. I was just I was looking for a vehicle that fit all five of my kids. So that didn't. Uh, it was a process, though. It's you know why is that? Well, first and I foremost, can't you're driving I a Subaru. I haven't bought a car in a while, and they've gotten really expensive. So just to sit and part ways with the the, with the very expensive depreciable asset is uh it's it's not fun man it's not fun but i got them dude i got them good i got a really good deal in this market i have a tip for you you want to hear it i'm listening yes absolutely Uh, so so if you understand how how the guys the dealerships make their money they make it obviously on the car they make it on the trade-in and they make it on the finance so people who you know, they think they're ballers or they're like, yeah, I'm going to go in. I'm going to tell them I'm going to pay cash, right? Which I, I don't like to finance. I'm a cash guy myself. So you don't tell them you're paying cash. You wait till the very, very, very end. And you tell them, and I dress like I'm homeless to begin with. So these guys didn't have any inkling of like how I was going to pay for this vehicle. So I got them to get a couple thousand dollars off the price because I was going to you know, to finance it for like 120 months at like 7%. So they're like salivating. And then when you get to the bursar to like pay and like, okay, we're gonna sign the finance papers. They're like, how do you wanna take care of the down payment? And that's when you say, you know what? I think I'm just gonna cover all of this right now. And then they're like, you gotta be kidding me. But so that's how you get a deal, man. That's how you get a deal.
0: So I like the fact that you use the word bursar. Like you must have been, you must have been, you know, digging into your thesaurus lately. <laughs> was like we call him the finance guy, dude. No, nobody oh, calls him a bursar. Calls I a was banned with
1: shekels, so it was a it was a nineteen twenty it was a nineteen twenty Subaru. So we went to the bursar. <laughs> but anyhow, so that that was that's my. I that's like my that. How was your salesman nowadays, man? Like they don't salesperson. The Sorry, I got the craft is gone, dude. The craft is gone. You know this guy. Yeah. He was, Super, super efficient on top of it, polite, newest stuff. But when it comes to, I think, buying major purchases now, the internet has wrecked any kind of veil of, of secrecy that the consumer would have that the salesperson would then have an advantage. So we went in, I knew all of the numbers. I knew what I would get for my trade-in. And, you know, so they, they don't have that. I don't know. It's, it's not, I don't think they, they're more of a concierge. than a a salesperson these days because they're basically just showing you stuff that you already know and like yep that's it and my wife being the researcher she is she knew more than about the car than probably half the sales
0: guys there so see my technique was always you know you know you bring a crying baby into the dealership and then you tell the guy look we got all day so (laughs) unless you give me the number i'm looking for you know we're just going to keep sitting here i've done that you know i've had some fun (laughs) In that scenario, in that scenario, I'm I'm typically the crying
1: baby in that scenario. So I don't I don't need any props. I just need to sit down. do.
0: You remember when Pat test drove the, the the car? Do you remember the car dealer Neil? Yes. Oh, you got to remember the story. Yes. We go to the car dealership, yes. and it's me, me, you, and Pat, and we just we worked at Yellow Book at the time, selling ads in the phone book, and it was we, we let's put it this way: we were pretty good at our job enough that we had too much free time. And we would hit our numbers, but yet still have time to goof around. And, and my brother was test driving a car, so we told him we would go with him. So the three, the three of us tortured this poor car deal. It was terrible. You know, rolled up the windows, turning the heat on in the dead of summer, making sure the heat worked, wouldn't let him roll the window down. You <laughs> uh, got, got a to sale, of though, fun, man.
1: That's right, it. Yes. He did
0: get the sale. Neil. <laughs> poor Neil. I always remember that guy. That had to be Hold twenty that. years ago. Anyway, real quick, Eagles uh, Bucks tonight. What's your pick?
1: Can't go against the goat, man. I, I, come on, I love the birds. Obviously, I bleed green, but I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I my prediction against San Fran was accurate. I don't know if they got this one, man. I, I think he's gonna pick apart that defense like a fat kid on Turkey Day.
0: We'll see. I don't know. I mean, with Gronk out, that's a huge disadvantage. Plus, Brady's hand is hurt. You know, not that it's it, you know it's, it's it's not chopped off, which is what I would prefer if I'm going to be going against them. But but we'll see. We will see. I I think that uh, I think oh I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be tough. Got to score a lot of points. Let's put it that way. So we'll see what happens. And, and these podcasts, you know, who knows when we're going to be listening to it? So these don't age well usually. But oh well, we we'll can help. edit it. Yeah, we can always edit it. <laughs> How about we each take turns saying the Eagles Go win ahead. and the Eagles lose? I'll, I'll and we'll just we'll tell the editor, add, add the correct the correct answer. There it is. Perfect. All right, let's get into our guest today. I want to bring in uh, Josh Buckter. Josh Buckter is the, the wolf of broad street. Josh is the editor of Real Producers Magazine, highly successful uh, real estate magazine that showcases real estate agents in, in this area, in the Philadelphia marketplace the Real Producers Magazine stretches far beyond our area, but this just happens to be Josh's area. And uh, when I met Josh, uh, one of the things that stood out outside of the the bald head and the and the epic beard is uh, is his his personal branding. Josh has done a great job in promotion and branding, and I thought we'd have him on today, and he could school us in the uh, in the, the the realm of those two categories. So let's uh, let's welcome him. Josh, what's up, man? What's going on, fellas? How we doing? Very good, very good. What's your prediction on the game tonight? Eagles all day. Eagles all day. All right, cool. Eagles all day. So Joe, <laughs> did you get a chance to look anything up on Josh? I did. I did. What'd you come across? Anything?
1: I saw an IMBD about some kind of slasher film. Is that true? <laughs> you, were, you know, was that the butcher? Were you in a uh you were in a movie? Was it the butcher? I I believe I believe it was. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, so let's start there, right? Start at the beginning. Tell us about the butcher, Josh. I don't know.
2: I, I, I was never in any any IMDb movies, uh, but I, I get called the the butcher. They get my name mixed up. It's Buckter, but I thought you might have got it mixed up with some slasher film or something.
0: You were in high school. You were in a you were in a, in a film. You shared it. You shared it on Facebook.
2: I didn't know it ever made the database. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. That was, yeah, that was, that was interesting. Yeah. Come to, them to think of it. Yeah. TV productions, junior, senior year of high school, messing it around. It's, it was called what the heck productions and they're actually still around. It turned into a very successful business. My, uh, classmates. Yeah. So nice. they're, they're still doing their thing with it. Nice. Yep. So that was pretty was you pre- see? beard I had the curly yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. curly I had the, hair and I had everything. Chin strap. I had curly hair. Yeah.
0: We're
1: we're, we're a top notch. I have a, a team of researchers, and we can literally we can find anything out about anybody. So always you always guys really
0: did,
2: did your did your work. Okay. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> this will be fun. <laughs> so
0: you felt comfortable in front of the camera all the way back then, and uh, and and still today. So why don't you tell us a little bit about? You know, you just just, you know, a little bit about your journey getting into, you know, promotion. But but tell us about the magazine. Tell us about the Wolf of Broad Street and and how you brand it, how you leverage those brands.
2: Yeah, happy to. I mean, I think it's all about like finding your lane. And it took me 10, 11 years to get where we are today. And it was just a constant like evolution of your like personal development, your business development, your network. It does have a lot to do with branding. And it wasn't exactly an easy path for me to figure this whole thing out. You know, graduating from uh, college in 09 with a finance degree, the way the economy was, it was hard to find a job. I got licensed in New Jersey for real estate, did timeshare sales for three months after college. Worst gig ever. I don't know if you guys ever sat through like a timeshare presentation, but imagine having
1: I love them. I love them. I do it for sport. It's the greatest. Seriously, if you want to sharpen your your argue skills, you Go do time care and get your uh,
2: non-redeemable
1: prize, whatever it is. So, right, right,
2: good. right. Yeah, exactly. Did it, did it for three months through training and everything in Atlantic City at, at Wyndham, sitting through the same presentation four or five times a day, trying to sell the dream of vacation ownership and things like that. I mean, that was my first experience in sales. I've been working my whole life. Started out as a dishwasher at age 14. And just like graduating from college, I'm thinking finance degree, Wall Street, You know stocks and bonds and this and that um but I, i wound up being a landscaper after the the timeshares thing for six months before i found an opportunity here in philly in credit repair at a small mom and pop company it was my first experience working with clients outside of the timeshare thing and it led me into meeting real estate agents and loan officers and all types of real estate professionals i got the opportunity to move on to a different credit repair company where it was strictly business development and i wasn't attached to the the desk all day um, and then I hit the streets and started making a name for myself uh, in the Philly real estate industry, took on a couple of gigs, property management, title insurance. At one point I was juggling three jobs, three emails, three bosses and sales meetings. Uh, so it was like a lot going on, uh, but it's all about like multiple lanes going in the same direction. So as long as they're all going this way and they're not going left or right on you or, or taking you backwards, I think it's a good thing. And as long as you got the hustle and dedication to like stay on top of it and get creative and and finesse it and, and make it work. You'll go places, and I found I found a way to hold it all together through events. So back in 2016, I started the Wolf of Broad Street Real Estate Events LLC, and it was just a way for me to stay relevant, um, bring people together, and ultimately get the leads that I needed to m- make my money and just have have fun doing
0: it. I like that analogy, Josh. That that lane analogy, where you know, especially for young people coming into coming out of college or just getting into the professional world. So many of them have no idea what they want to do. You know what I mean? If you if you asked me when I was a junior in in college what I would that I was gonna sell yellow page ads for two years, I mean I never would have saw that coming and I never would have saw the transition into you know getting into the mortgage business either. Um, but sales is sales and 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 as long as you're you could be in multiple lanes, switch lanes from time to time, but as long as you're on the same highway, a lot of times people they have these these competing interests, you know, whether it be what you do for a hobby versus what you do for a living versus, you know, uh, your your side job if you have a second job coming out of school, you know, they they really should all work together, you know, and I and I, and I like I like the way you you approach that.
1: I've always told we've had sales reps and guys like in our, in our business and you have to treat it like being an athlete, you know, like work on your skill. If you work on your skill, your communication, your, if you're in a specific vertical, like learn every single possible thing about that. And then you can apply that to different jobs, different, all within the same lane, as you say, Josh. And yeah, that's really good advice. I like that.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be too broad. I mean, I chose the real estate industry, not because I love real estate, But it's the fact that I love the networking aspect of the real estate business and the events and the ability to make people feel like superstars in their hyper in a hyper local way. So I'm not somebody who needs to have a reach across the whole country. I'm happy with my little lane that I've carved here in in Philly real estate. And I have so much more to, you know, just dig deeper into this whole thing. So it's really just. Finding the lean, sticking to it, you know, and staying dedicated to it, t- keeping your, your foot on the gas, if you will, you know?
1: So from event one, the first, yep. you have this iteration, you're like, this is how it goes. What are some of the key takeaways between now and then? And like, you know, if you can share with us some uh, some funny shit that happened or crazy stuff or, you know, things that you could never have possibly imagined it would go one way or the other. That's kind of stuff I like to
2: hear. We we started off very humble beginnings. It was a bar called The Bridge, at 100 Spring Garden Street in the Delilah's Plaza. Um, it's not there anymore. It's a dry cleaner now. Joe knows um, where. But it's I live at. in Old City. I, I know where yeah. that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my my local watering hole. I live in Old City. I would go in there and hang out with the with the bartender Chris Red. He's he's now killing it with Dust Nightclub. He's the the uh, the manager over there. We both came a long way, but we had the idea of sitting there. He knows what I do. I know he's open to letting me do whatever I want in that venue. Um, so we we hosted it there.
0: Whatever you want? Like, whatever you want? Whatever we want.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we started, I, just think, I S- don't believe Z-Z. I had the same
0: carte blanche. <laughs> <There's a style. laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I tried. <laughs> a good it, would be, it would be the bridge, Z-Bar, Delilah's. We actually upgraded from the bridge after a few events, successful events, to the to Z bar next door. It was just like cool nightclub vibe for networking, a lot of lounge in, the bar's great, DJ. It's not your typical networking event and it didn't never start it that way because I've been through every business card exchange and, and boring stuff like that, boring mixer. It was always different. It always had an edge to it. The flyers would have models on it, and it would, you know, have a theme, and you would be liquor sponsors and DJs and live music. It was always. And this about was real estate agents, right? A,
0: this is all real estate, estate. industry okay. professionals.
2: Okay. All yes. Home inspectors, insurance, mortgage, title agents. You know, it started out very non-exclusive, open to anybody that really wanted to come out and network. I got people who haven't really like missed an event over these past four or five years. They're always there. Like yeah, start start there, Z bar Where's the after party at? Delilah's, you know. It's like, well, Delilah's why, is, why, a, is know, a gentleman's gotta...
0: club for those of you that don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and Steakhouse, great great steak. That's, and that's and right, Sheffield. it is
0: a steakhouse. It is a steak. It's a Gat rated in fact. I'm if I'm pretty sure it's a Gat rated steakhouse.
2: Yeah. So good, so good. It's all about taking, you know, um, no steps backwards with me. So just constantly taking a little step forward with each event, each day, each little micro goal and, and little power move, I call them, you know, and just like if I didn't take any steps backwards today, it's a, it's a good day in my book. You know, constantly just playing, playing the long game, you know, knowing, knowing things that aren't going to happen overnight and just trying to stay on top of it and, you know, uh, and relevant and consistent,
1: you know, but. That's like a pretty cutting edge concept. Basically, to to go with you know a target market that's kind of more I guess younger, hip, like it's risky, right? Did you get any pushback from you know the dinosaurs in the in the real estate industry that were like, hey, this is not you know how we represent ourselves, or was it pretty embraced by everybody?
2: Not too much to my face, at least. I don't know what they what they were really saying, you know. But they're they're out now, though. You know, when I when I was. Um, a credit repair guy or a title, and I was trying to get in front of top-producing real estate agents. It would be very hard. They're they're busy. They don't have the time of day. But when I can call a, a top agent today and offer a complimentary feature in my magazine, you know, they like say, "When? What can we do?" Nice to meet you. Let's be friends. And now they're coming to my events. You know, there's eighteen thousand real estate agents in Philadelphia County. It's not it's not hard to get in front of real estate agents, but it's hard to get in front of the the top agents. You know. And, and I've, I found a way to do that through uh, Philadelphia Real Producers Magazine, which is, you know, kind of interesting to be able to turn the tables like that.
0: So the Philadelphia Real Producers Magazine is a, essentially, obviously, it's a, it's a magazine that gets delivered to the top 500 real estate agents in Philadelphia. The magazine itself highlights agents in, you know, basically a lifestyle shoot plus an interview. And you have an agent, you have a, you know, a rising star agent, you have a, a premier agent, you have... You know, someone maybe on the periphery of the of the marketplace, bring them in. One of the things that I've noticed about you, Josh, is image is important to you. It's important to your magazine. You know, you're selling a certain lifestyle, for lack of a better word, or or presenting people in in a certain light. Talk to me about why is image so important. I always think like. You want to portray success. And even
2: if you're not there yet, I'm not saying fake it till you make it, even though I've been accused of doing that, but I have fun building an image, even if it's not my Lamborghini that I'm hopping out of in a event recap video or something like that. I don't own real estate. I have a 2016 Toyota Camry. Like I'm still in the building stages of things. So I'm not here to like say, you got to fake it till you make it, but portray yourself in a successful manner and more good things will come, you know?
0: Hey, it's fun, right? It's, it's yeah it, you it's know it, fun. It, it's yeah. fun to present yourself a certain way you know what I mean yep. Joe I mean what you were getting ready to say something
1: yeah and I think that I think fake it till you make it has like a, a negative stigma attached to it and' I've, I've thought this over the years and actually what's happening it's not fake until you make it it's it's basically what you're doing is you're it's almost like a vision board you become what you want to be so if if you want to go around looking like a dirtbag and not, you know, being successful. And then you're going to become a dirtbag, hands down. And it's one of those... So you're
2: a millionaire, then you could do that. Once you're a millionaire, you could do that every day. 100% yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. Like you, can, you know, when we started out, we were wearing suits that were more than our car payments. And, you know, we we're right out of college or whatever. Like, we didn't have it like that. But you want to, you know, feel that way. You want to have that confidence. then yeah, that's... It's, it becomes almost like a, a manifestation of, of what you're trying to become. So that's, that's, that's a great way. I think for young entrepreneurs and people to start out, like if you want to get in the end zone, act like you've been there, you know, and that's, that's kind
0: of, I like that. I love that. Yep. I love that, man. And, and you're right. It's not about being phony. It's about, like you said, that vision board. It's like, it's like a, 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 a living vision board. You know what I mean? Just because I put a Lamborghini on my wall, or I rent a Lamborghini for an event, it doesn't make it. It doesn't change. It, they're both the same thing. It's something you want, right? It's something you want to have someday. You know, I love that. And 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 for people who, you know, because I I struggle with it all the time. Like, you know, because I'm always like, am I, am I am I being true to myself? Am I being fake? Am I, you know, I don't know that 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 we all have this like this fraud complex. You know what I mean? The most successful people in the world have a little bit of a fraud complex because we're imperfect people. We're imperfect human beings. We make mistakes every single day, and yet somehow we feel like this need, this desire to put ourselves out there is perfect, and we're not living up to the expectations that are that we're putting on ourselves. We feel that that disconnect is the fraud complex, you know. Um, and 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 I struggle with that. You know, I used to think that I had to do certain things or else I wasn't presenting myself the right way. I'm trying to move away from that, and I think that authenticity an image don't always have to they're, they're not always the same exact thing you can have you can have an image you can present yourself a certain way and not be inauthentic
1: yeah totally You have exactly. to aspire to be the next level you know and uh my mom always would say you can't fly with the eagles if you're hanging around with a bunch of turkeys you know so if you want to be an eagle dress like an eagle act like an eagle fly with the eagles and eventually you'll become an eagle and then you'll start looking what's the next level and you know that's kind of how you progress but you have to act as if and when you act as if you become
2: steve harvey said something interesting recently he said even if you can't afford it buy a first class plane ticket you know just like splurge on it get used to that feeling and you'll never want to go back to coach again and you'll find a way to continue to get that first class you know
0: a very good friend of mine said one of his favorite things to do was to bring his nephews to the country club because he just wanted them to see and feel, you know what I mean? What it was like to kind of be around folks have, 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 who were who successful because, you, you know, you, you, gotta be able to, 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 to navigate that. You gotta know, you gotta know what it feels like. You gotta know what it looks like. If you want to say, Oh, I want this. You don't even know what you want. No, I know what I want. I want to be a member of that country club. Okay. Well then, you know, now, now you know how great it is to be a member of that country club. If, if that's what you strive for, everyone has different, different aspirations. You know what I mean? So Joe, in in your world, right, image is far less important on a day-to-day, but you're in the social media business. What Josh said earlier is that image is branding. Okay. Talk about talk about briefly branding in the social media world and the disconnect sometimes people feel between what they're trying to portray and the inauthenticity of it. How how do you how do you battle the fraud syndrome as a as a when it comes to branding on social media? So in the from a business aspect, I
1: think that the authenticity of the message needs to be spot on. As an individual, it's that's kind of a different situation. Whereas, you know, the the world that I live in is very quantitative where when we're doing marketing plans for businesses and there's we're strictly looking at cost per client acquisition. And however we come up with that number, whether it be through pay-per-click, whether it be through creative advertising or directive advertising, then it all just comes down to dollars and cents, and it's very binary, and the when it comes to image and, you know, like the social media and, and the message that's being put out there, it's that needs to be super authentic, so when you put an image out and, and you're, you know, the things like getting out Lamborghinis and things like that, it's there's a way that you can do it to still have it be authentic and not show you not not like it's showy but kind of fall within that so it's it's definitely it's not an exact science and you don't always get it right and sometimes people you know the message is kind of convoluted with some of the flash but it's uh you know it's it's definitely trial and error and as long as you're true to your your brand you're true to yourself and you're not trying to trick anyone you know and I think Josh is prime example of being up front and forward and authentic with you know what what he's sharing the messages is you know people people respect that and people take that and say, okay, this is really cool. This isn't some, you know, tool that's trying to look like he's got you know, got it when he doesn't. So that's that's really it's the authenticity and it's really the intention of, of the message that you're putting out that needs to be
0: true. So Josh, you do all your own social media, right? Do you have do you have somebody that that manages your social media for you? Tell me what what balance, what mix of you personally posting versus someone else coming up with an idea and said, I'm going to post this for Josh.
2: My marketing director, Sarah Hawansky, and she has a company called white label Philly. She does a lot to help me with my business social media, but my personal social media, my at Wolf of broad street and my personal Facebook is all me. Um, but she'll help me a lot with the Philadelphia real producers magazine, Facebook page, um, we have Philly RPTV Facebook group. We have a top 500 Facebook group for our agents and our partners. Ken, I didn't get a chance to thank you for being a valued partner of Philadelphia Real Producers. Definitely appreciate that. So she she definitely helps me and backs me up. And we have a system app called Slack, and she'll send me her drafts. I'll just approve them or ask her to tweak something, and she'll, she'll do the posting.
0: Okay. I like that because that's another thing. You know, that's another area in business where people – they think that it cannot be completely automated. It can't. You cannot delegate 100% your social media. You know what I mean? They always say there's a difference between delegation and abdication. If someone else is doing all of it, then you've completely abdicated that position, and that's not going to help you. In order to keep it authentic, you got to be in the mix regularly, almost daily, whether it be your reels or your or your uh, videos, your pictures, your images on Instagram, whatever it be. You got to be involved. So, so Joe, in your experience on that social media topic and branding, how often does somebody need to post themselves? Like literally, I took, I did this
1: all the as much as often as possible. Like, quite honestly, full disclosure, we don't do it. Like, we if we have clients that'll be like, "Hey, can you boost our social media? We need Facebook, Instagram posts," and we have tools to make it easier for them. And you know, they're a dime a dozen now, but the, it's best if it comes from the person because that leads the authenticity to it so for a while there we were having you know we were making posts and for businesses and they were all the same and no one cared about them because it didn't have that personal kind of touch and they were too professionally done quite honestly and i think that the consumer or anyone who's following you they want to they want to see a post and they want to see its imperfections and they want to get to know you through your imperfections and so that's why as a business we we just defer and we say, no, you know, we can help you post, but we're not going to create the content because it makes it inauthentic.
2: And when people have like, uh, people sometimes get overwhelmed with having to post every day. But what what I tell people is look at your calendar for the day, identify like the most interesting thing about your day, even if it's not that interesting, even if it's just like lunch or something like that. Or, you know, going to meet your grandmom or or closing a deal or being out of closing with handing over the keys or whatever it may be. It's not that hard to identify what's the most interesting part of your day. Visualize what that picture is going to look like. Already know what the caption is going to say. And when that time comes, just drop the picture in the caption and you're done. You know what I mean? Just, you know, people overthink things when it's really that crazy.
0: So there it is, man. So my key takeaways today, you know, authenticity authenticity is critical. It's critical in, in, in almost every aspect of your branding, you know, but also, you know, you gotta be willing to, to put in the work. You know what I mean? You gotta be willing to put in the work. If you want to make it authentic, you know, and, you know, you taking a shortcut, you're going to pay for it. You know what I mean? The shortcuts don't work. Build your business through lanes, lanes. You could switch lanes and, 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 but just stay on the same highway. And, uh, you know, who knows? The other thing I took away from this is um, for all you high, middle school kids out there, if you're in the AV club, man, and you're starring in a, in, a, in a film, just know that this is just the beginning for you. This is just the beginning because got a big career ahead of you if you follow the same trajectory as the Wolf of Broad Street. That's right.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. I, I appreciate you guys, man. This, this was a lot of fun.
0: It was great having you, man, and hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll have you on again uh, another time. Uh, we'll catch up soon. Joe? Good check checking in with you again.
1: Yeah, man. Good to I got I'm gonna make it back to the East Coast soon. Maybe in the next uh, month or so. So we'll have to grab a beer or something. Maybe at Delilah's, I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> Steakhouse. Steakhouse.
1: Yeah. Steakhouse. That's
0: it. Fellas, go go crush it today. We'll catch up again soon. And we'll talk to everybody. Thanks, guys. Yeah, brother. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for listening to Selling the Dream. We know you don't want to miss a single episode, so go subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. And then make sure to share the show with your friends and leave us a review.